there's also off in the distance this big, bad Assyrian Empire that's ravaging neighboring regions, neighboring people groups, and they are coming up against Judah. And what's interesting is at this moment in time, there's a king named King Ahaz, Ahaz which he is uh, historically known as not the best king in the world, right? Sometimes you have kings and leaders that just aren't uh, very fit for leadership. That's Ahaz in this moment. But he actually gives us a son uh, who actually ends up being a very good fit for leadership. His son is going to be Hezekiah. But Ahaz in this moment is afraid. He's terrified because he sees the handwriting on the wall because uh, King Rezin, the king of Assyria, is on his way to Judah. And oh, wait, there's more. He's actually canoodling. He's partnering with the northern kingdom, Israel. And King Pekah, the king of Israel, has partnered with Rezin, and they are on their way. They are at the city gates. They are about to overthrow, conquer the city walls, and take Jerusalem. Ahaz is terrified. He, he has no idea uh, what to do. And actually, it's interesting that earlier in the chapter, Isaiah, cha Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah the prophet says to Ahaz, he actually comes with his son, uh, his, his son's name is Sha'ir Jashu, right? So if any of us are looking for baby names, I think we have a winner, right? His name actually means a remnant will return, which is very important. That's a weird name, but it's, very, it's an important theme that we see throughout the Old Testament, this idea of a remnant, that is a group that has not been either taken into captivity, that has been, hasn't been enslaved by a neighboring people group, this remnant, this remaining group of people, the small little remainder. Isaiah's son's name is literally that remnant will return or will come back. He brings his son, Isaiah does, to King Ahaz, and he says to him, he actually encounters Ahaz at the city walls at this pool where this water uh, circulates and, and, and runs through the city and, and runs out. But he's actually trying to take some matters into his own hands because, he, again, he's afraid, he's terrified, he doesn't know what to do. He's like a dog cornered. And so he is trying to manipulate the water flow away from the enemies back towards his people because he is assuming that he's going to be there for a really long time. And it's in that moment that, Ahab, or that Isaiah says to him, in verse 9, one of the most tweetable quotes that I've ever come across in Scripture, it says, If you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. It's interesting in that, in the, in the Hebrew, there's an image or an illusion that we get that it, that's lost in translation whenever it's translated to English. A literal translation of that phrase, if you're not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all, is if you are not standing in faith, you will not be standing at all. It's very fitting, right? Because we as believers, we as Christians, in moments of struggle, in moments of strife, in moments when the world is literally at our gates coming at us, we need to stand firm 
in our faith. And if we do not, we're not going to be standing at all. Well, it's in that moment that we look at verses 10 through 25 very closely. It says this. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. And I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary man, men that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a son. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For the boy, before, before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. The Lord will bring upon you and upon your people and upon your father's house such days as have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. In that day, the Lord will whistle for the fly that is at the end of the streams of Egypt and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria, and they will all, all come and settle in the steep ravines and in the clefts of the rocks and on all the thorn bushes and in all the pastures. In that day, the Lord will shave with the razor that is hired beyond the river with the king of Assyria, the head and the hair of the feet, and it will all sweep away the beard also. In that day a man will keep alive a young cow and two sheep, and because of the abundance of milk that they give, he will eat curds, for everyone who is left in the land will eat curds and honey. In that day, every place where there used to be a thousand vines worth a thousand shekels of silver will become briars and thorns. With bow and arrows a man will come there, for all the land will be briars and thorns. And as for all the hills that used to be hoed with a hoe, you will not come therefore or there for fear of briars and thorns, but they will become a place where cattle are let loose and where sheep tread. Amen. So Isaiah says once again to Ahaz in this moment, this moment where Ahaz is trying to take matters into his own hands, this moment where he's probably afraid, terrified for his life and his throne. Isaiah, the mouthpiece of God, says, ask the Lord to show you a sign. I love, I love the confidence of the Lord here. Ask the Lord your God to show him a sign. And whether it says deep as shield, which is, uh, which is uh, essentially the grave or hell, or as high as heaven. Think outside the box. How big you want to, however big you want the sign to be, think, I mean, use your imagination, Isaiah says. Ask the Lord for a sign. In other words, I, I picture... <laughs> I picture God in this moment thinking to himself, let me prove it to you. Let me put my money where my mouth is. We living post-Jesus, we know that he put so much more than his money. He put his life 
where his mouth was, right? He says, let me show you a sign. And Ahab, it seems like he has an act or a, a, a moment of nobility, doesn't it? Doesn't he? I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. It sounds like in this moment, Ahaz is, is being a good little boy. Well, I'm, I'm not going to test the Lord. But it's actually, it couldn't be further from the truth. He's actually beyond hope in this moment. Ahaz is hopeless. He is, uh, he doesn't believe that God can come in clutch. He's not going to test the Lord because he doesn't believe that the Lord will follow through. And it's in this moment that God says through his mouthpiece, Isaiah, Hear then, O house of David. Now that's very important to point out, house of David, because uh, David is, at, you know, there were the 12 tribes of Israel. They were given the 12 regions of, of Palestine. And Judah 